This episode of News Dump is brought to you by Feels. Fake news. Fake news. Yeah, that's the rallying cry for boomers and for people who disagree with a news story that, uh, you know, is mostly backed up with facts and studies and insider information, reliable sources, hours of research. But I don't like it. Yeah, well, Trump certainly didn't invent the term fake news. No. But he definitely brought it into the forefront and turned it into a one-phrase argument for anything that you disagree with, regardless of whether or not using it has any basis in reality. But while the majority of people, including the president, who use the term fake news, are typically using it against a story that clearly has some basis in reality, there is actual real fake news out there. We're talking about satirical outlets like The Onion, or our personal favorite, The Hard Times and their gaming subsidiary, Hard Drive. And then there's The Babylon Bee. It's a satirical news site for the right. Yeah, I've laughed at a couple Babylon Bee headlines, but it's mostly bad. It's it's hit or miss, yeah. uh, but one was certainly believable enough for someone. Uh-huh. So on Friday of this week, Trump tweeted out one of the Babylon Bee's stories, positioning it as real reporting to his 87 million followers. Uh, the article in question, literally fake news from a known satirical website, was titled, Twitter shuts down entire network to slow spread of negative Biden news. Uh, this was in reference to a period of downtime that Twitter suffered uh, on Thursday this week, uh, just before the separate presidential town halls were set to air. Uh, service on the website was sporadic for a few hours. A lot of features were unavailable for a lot of users. I didn't know what to do with myself. Yeah, I was like, what do I do with my hands? Yeah. What do I do with all these jokes? Eventually, though, service was restored, and Twitter claimed that while they did experience an outage, there was nothing nefarious going on. Quote, Twitter has been down for many of you, and we're working to get it back up and running for everyone. We had some trouble with our internal systems and don't have any evidence of a security breach or hack. So it wasn't hacked. This wasn't a Bitcoin scenario again. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, it just, it couldn't be that the website had just broken, like it has done so many times in the mm -hmm. past. There was definitely something else going on. Now, the story from the Babylon Bee, which is obviously fake, it included quotes like, after seeing account after account tweet out one particularly bad story, CEO Jack Dorsey realized he had to take action. Dorsey smashed a glass box in his office reading break in case of bad publicity for Democrats. Inside the case was a sledgehammer for smashing Twitter servers. Okay. Ha. Huh. I mean, here's the thing. With most satirical websites, people don't share anything but the headline. Yeah. It's literally just headlines. A lot of Onion articles at this point are literally just headlines. Yeah, you, with no you open up this and it's nothing attached yeah, to it. Yeah, it's just like yeah. a picture. Uh, that's because they fired all of their staff because Facebook pivoted them to video and, uh, well, we all see that. Yeah, that but out. yeah, it's, Onion's definitely been on the decline for a few years. But luckily... Uh, Bless the hard drive. Yeah, the hard drive and Reductress and uh, yeah, Reductress a few other yeah. ones. Uh, yeah, the the satirical industry it's is, safe is for doing now. just fine. But look, like with, with most people online, regardless of if your satire outlet of choice is primarily just a headline. We assume that Trump really just saw the headline and agreed with it and hit the quote slash retweet button and then just added a little spice on top of it. Here's what he said. Wow, this has never been done in history. This includes his really bad interview last night. Why is Twitter doing this? Bringing more attention to Sleepy Joe and Big T. Is that who he calls himself now? Is he Big T? I wasn't clear on that whole part, but uh, yeah, he's, he's very upset that Twitter would bring down its own website stab itself right in the gut to protect mm -hmm. Sleepy Joe from an article that honestly doesn't really paint him in a terrible light, nor do they follow-up articles where he says that he loves his son. Yeah, the, there's, 
<laughs> there's like text message excerpts of like Joe Biden telling his son he loves him, and I'm just like, oh, this is making me like this guy. Yeah. Also, I'm I I I'm 100 positive Trump has never told his adult sons that he loves them. No, that's why it's so shocking yeah. to them. They're like, obviously, this is <laughs> yeah. some sort of weird cover-up going Jay? on. Jay, is it gay to love your son, fellas? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, please spare us the inevitable comments from people whose argument basically boils down to uh, once again saying, he was just acting like an idiot. You've been trolled. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the president of the United States tweeted an easily verifiable fake story that he simply agreed with and wanted to amplify to his base because just getting it out there is enough to run with even if we all know the story's fake and that it came from a satirical website. There's absolutely people out there right now who are talking to people and telling them how Twitter shut down because people were spreading the truth about Joe Biden mm -hmm. and his cool son hunting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you see the pictures of him smoking a cigarette in the bathtub? Looks pretty badass. What a king. Yeah, and also just, uh, look, despite all of his faults, I love my son. Is a very <laughs> weird thing to, to say is that. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways. Joe Biden's gay. Mm -hmm. Sadly, uh, the Trump defenders, they were quick to log on with one claiming that this was once again brilliant 4D chess from the president. Quote, cue people who think Trump does not know what satire is, as opposed to Trump knowing it is, realizing this will be a self-satire for leftists who want to flip out. Was that from the uh, Stixelmixel 666 account? Yeah, it's like yeah. a literal fucking Nazi that Trump retweeted a couple days ago. Like, this guy was at one point such a Nazi that he had a Hitler mustache. Is, it, is that, <laughs> is, is the screenshot of his YouTube page real? Like, women won't date me because of feminism? I don't know if that's real, but like, <laughs> the dude, he was like, I don't even know if he's still YouTubing, but he had a, yeah. he, was, he was like one of the OG YouTube Nazis. And My brilliant like, didn't 4D try playing hide. president. You love it. Um, yeah. So, brilliant, guys. You got to hand it, people. The U.S. would absolutely slaughter the rest of the world if mental gymnastics were an official Olympic sport. No performance-enhancing drugs needed. We're just naturally really, really good at it. Us Americans, we can do anything when it comes to mental gymnastics. You, mm -hmm. You've never seen anything like it. But look, this is all a mute point, because during his town hall on NBC Thursday night, Trump clearly stated that he doesn't stand behind any of the shit that flows through his Twitter account. When asked about a post that he retweeted that contained a conspiracy theory about Joe Biden and Barack Obama orchestrating a cover-up with SEAL Team 6 regarding the death of Osama bin Laden, Trump just said, that was a retweet. That was an opinion of somebody, and that was a retweet. I'll put it out there. People can decide for themselves. I don't take a position. That shit was especially funny because, uh, like, one of the main dudes from SEAL Team 6 that's, like, capitalized on his involvement the most and is apparently not well-liked by the rest of the SEAL community because mm -hmm. he's uh, being so ostentatious about it. Uh, that guy was, like, a huge Trumper, and now he's, like, in this awkward position of, like, wait, no, but we really did kill him. Yeah, he did come out and say, sir, like, sir. <laughs> Yeah, and the, the original, like, the conspiracy theory, it's spread by, like, a QAnoner, and yeah. it, was, it was basically that, like, Osama bin Laden was dying, and they kept him alive and moved him to Pakistan so that uh, Obama could get a trophy kill. It's catch and release. Look, I'm just putting it out there is what literally Trump said. We're going we're gonna to capture this bin Laden guy and release him on our private land. It'll be the most dangerous game. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's just crazy that he's like, I don't take a position on it. Yeah. It's like you're literally retweeting it so yeah. that people will take this and run with it. <laughs> he should put on an RTs, not endorsements. <laughs> yeah, on his profile. Like, <laughs> Tweets you, do not reflect the views of my employer. When you have to work for employer, like a, a public facing <laughs> company, like, sorry. I mean, I do tweet for Taco Bell, but yeah. when you come to my personal account, the gloves are off. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Trump, he knows what he's doing with shit like this. He's amplifying these stories regardless of their basis in reality in order to rile up his base and have them spread the disinformation for him. Mm -hmm. it, it, he just lights the, the fuse and watches it burn.
It's just ironic and incredibly frustrating that he's the one constantly pointing fingers at everyone else for spreading fake news. We're just so tired. Please bite your tongue, vote for Biden so we can stop caring about this guy, hopefully. I mean, he did say during a rally on Friday that if he loses, he may have to leave the country. In which case, (laughs) bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. I do love the fact that he said that with like, Obviously, he doesn't mean it. But even if he did, even if he really meant it, it would mean just like, like literally without a care in the world, giving up on his entire family, who he clearly does yeah. not love. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, Baron, yeah, he'll be fine. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> uh, yeah, that Trump town hall was uh, wild, by the way. I like, legitimately hated the woman sitting behind him that was just going like this the entire time. Every, uh, all the, the few people in America that remain as undecided voters are all Freaks. They are all <laughs> fucking psychopaths. Yeah. Who like they want like reassurance. Yeah. From, from from directly from the president. Yeah. They know Mr. President, I love your smile. Can we get a smile, Mr. President? And I'm always saying how much I love your smile. Yeah. They they all clearly have like strong views on subjects that would align them easily with one candidate or the other. But you know, they're just holding out to personally ask the president. Yeah. Or there was my, like uh, one guy who was like, yeah. Mr. President, uh, my health care was tied to my job and I lost it. What are we going to do about health care? Uh, the health care is better than it's ever been. Next question. Yeah. Like, oh, thank you, Mr. President. I vote for you. Yeah, it was it was weird. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. They the Trump people did not like how, uh, you know, Savannah Guthrie, Savannah Guthrie asked actual uh, questions uh, of him. Yeah. Did not like that. No. Anyway. Speaking of debate or town halls, yeah. it's technically entertainment news. So we should say that even even we were shocked by this. But uh, apparently the Joe Biden town hall outperformed Trump's town hall in the ratings. Who cares? Well, Trump does. Yes. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's not a signifier of how the election will play out in any way. But it's a data point that Donald Trump is obsessed with, weirdly. Yeah. So you know that he's probably pissed off about it's it. It's definitely fake news to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Nielsen's, they were hacked. Yeah, I don't like that Nielsen family. Yeah. <laughs> the nasty Nielsen's. <laughs> the Nielsen ratings are very nasty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we can't believe the U.S. of all places would tune in to watch Biden talk calmly and directly about policy positions and plans of action. His his town hall, boring as hell. Very boring. Yeah. He even stayed after the cameras were off to talk to people. Yeah. Boring. This is not a, a quality assessment. <laughs> I'm just saying the Trump one was more entertaining. Yes. It was a freak show. Yes, it was. The Biden one, I'm like, all right. Anything. Whatever. It's Who cares? It's, it's literally how people described Howard Stern in the 90s. Yeah. I just want to see what he says next. Yeah. <laughs> it's chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, people chose to watch Biden talk us all to sleep instead of watch Trump go on a steroid-induced, nonsensical, unhinged dialogue with the host of the Today Show. Yeah. Uh, It was a circus served up on a platter, and America was like, meh. Yeah. And NBC had it playing on, like, three different channels. So his odds of, like, winning the ratings war were good, but still lost. Yeah, here we are. There we are. From Variety, Trump's hour-long appearance on NBC, which drew criticism across the industry, and even an angry letter from top talent and showrunners who work with NBC Universal, trailed Biden's 90-minute session with ABC in the ratings, even with the cable news networks factored in. Biden averaged 14.1 million total viewers on the Disney-owned network alone, while Trump brought in 13.5 million across NBC, MSNBC, and CNBC combined. In terms of the two cablers, MSNBC contributed 1.8 million viewers and CNBC just over 700,000, meaning that Biden beat Trump 14.1 million to 11 million in the direct broadcast battle. And I got to say, as far as what comes on after, you would have thought more people would be watching CNBC because it's literally just Shark Tank the channel. Mm -hmm. A lot going on there. And I love me some Shark Tank. (laughs) Stonks! 
So you would have well, checked in on the got, stonks. He would have got some uh, some free views off of people that were tuning in, expecting to see Mark Cuban buy into some special organic dog treat. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, the Trump debates on for those reasons, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, now for the weekly cleanse. <sighs> Take a deep breath because we're going to talk about standard entertainment news in a second. Mm-hmm. Again, we're sorry. This is just how things are because we're essentially two weeks away from a very important. Very contentious election, mm-hmm. and um, you know you like it anyway, you dirty little freak. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, deep breath. Okay, Time to go. calm down, and you're in luck, because this week's episode is sponsored by Feels. Feels is a better way to feel better. Their premium CBD will keep your head clear and help you feel your best, and has been proven to greatly reduce anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. Do you experience stress, or have anxiety, chronic pain, or have trouble sleeping at least once a week? You're not alone. Many of us do. Um... Yes. Uh, inadvertently, I was doing okay with sleep. Then all of a sudden, the new pre-patch for Warcraft came out. And uh, a lot of oh, sleep. Oh, shit. Nights. Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> Back out into like Azeroth or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've been having a lot of trouble getting to sleep. And thankfully, I still have my feels droplet in mm-hmm. the dresser next to me. So just do-do-do-do-do-do. Ready to sli- wake up and start again. Often never, never land. <laughs> it, it really does help because mm-hmm. after like hours of gaming in the middle of the night after working and stuff, it's like I'm wired and I can't get to sleep. So it really does help. Mm-hmm. Feels is premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep that naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. All you do is place a few drops of Feels under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. Feels works naturally to help you feel better. There's no high, hangover, or addiction. Join the Feels community to get Feels delivered to your door every month. You'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel at any time. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash newsdump, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash newsdump to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash newsdump. Hey, there you go. Enjoy some nice sleep and reduced anxiety. You're going to need it going into the the damn election. Mm -hmm. All right, now let's move on. The movie industry, not doing uh, so hot right now for obvious reasons. And while that really does suck to see, I mean, there's not really a choice in the matter. Having a bunch of people grouped up inside of a building for extended periods of time while they laugh, scream, cry, or just breathe in general, it's a bad idea because you know what's going on. The coronavirus. And while we're sure that eventually, someday, when we're back to normal, theaters will hopefully be there waiting for us. The landscape might look way different, Uh, Some will probably close their doors for good, and we could definitely see a consolidation of the amount of theaters where you live cut to, I don't know, half of what was once available for a very long time. That is probably going to happen. Mm -hmm. Seeing a movie outside of your home might become an event. And this was kind of already happening anyway. The pandemic just threw everything into fast forward, as it did with a lot of industries. Yeah, Yeah. theaters, they've been doing a decent job of adapting to the desires of moviegoers over the years by upgrading the screens and audio equipment, making the seats more comfortable, offering alcohol and expanded food options, opening up reserve seating so you would know where you're going to sit before getting there, and even more recently, uh, dancing on the corpse of MoviePass by offering tiered options for all-you-can-watch movies for certain price points. But then, bam, that damn coronavirus. And unlike a lot of other industries, like the Quibi industry, when you blame coronavirus... It's actually... It's actually... The coronavirus has ravaged the uh, theater industry. When Quibi says that it affected them, they are lying. Yeah. They are using it as a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. When movie theaters and theme parks... Yeah. And uh, anything venues, where people... Venues, bars... Yeah. Music venues, bars. Uh, when they say it, they're telling the truth. 
because everyone has eyeballs. Yeah. Yes. Uh, luckily, though, for some of the big studios, most notably Disney, uh, they had gone ahead and invested in creating their, their own streaming platforms literally at the perfect time. Uh, it's actually kind of scary and a bit suspicious how, <laughs> it's suspicious how well this all worked out for those streaming platforms. Release the gas. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. with theaters closed and people still having a desire, dare we say, a need to watch new movies and shows, platforms like Disney Plus took off in a bigger way than even the executives could have imagined. And now, movies are going straight to streaming, mostly because there's no other option. Uh, but apparently it's working quite well. Yeah. Yeah, they're seeing a return on their investment. This is all because Mickey Mouse fucked that bat. That was wild. <laughs> also, so not to get off topic, but that South Park, that's it. That was just one thing, and they're done. I, there's no announcement for new episodes or anything. It was just like, hey, oh. here's season 24, episode one. It's a special. Now we're gone. Because I've been right. like, it's been like two weeks. Why are there no new episodes? Because there's nothing. Yeah. Anyways, Mickey Mouse fucked the bat. That's why Disney Plus is doing very well. Yeah. I don't know how South Park's getting away with that, but good for them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, in response uh, to uh, the success of Disney Plus, it looks like Disney's doing a little... Uh, restructuring, which means layoffs. Firing a, a, a lot of people. Yeah, and they're pivoting everything towards supporting Disney+, Plus since it's basically pandemic-proof, and it's affordable enough to keep families happy and entertained while they're doing nothing, or at least having limited options for recreational activities for the time being. Disneyland, still closed. Uh, from CNBC's reporting, quote, on Monday, the company revealed that in order to further accelerate its direct-to-consumer strategy, it would be centralizing its media business into a single organization that would be responsible for content distribution, ad sales, and Disney+. CEO Bob Chappick appeared on the network after news broke, adding that, quote, I would say COVID accelerated the rate at which we made this transition, but this transition was going to happen anyway. We are tilting the scale pretty dramatically towards streaming. And this isn't shocking. No. I mean, Warner Media owns AT&T, Warner Brothers, DC, and so on. They're also doing this exact thing behind the scenes. Yeah, they had multiple news stories come out over the past couple uh -huh. of months about, hey, remember all those jobs we had in traditional TV and movie making? Mm. Oops. You're fired. Uh, yeah, they, Warner have been refocusing all their new efforts on their recently launched streaming platform, HBO Max. Still not available on Roku. Who cares? It's available on the... It's available on the, the new Google uh, uh, Chromecast TV, which actually is fucking great. Except for the, I got it on launch day. They, I don't think they'd set up the service for it or anything. It didn't work for like two hours. So I was very but now upset. you like it. But now I love it. The problem is I have Roku. On, I, I'd have to replace it. And yeah. maybe I will one Get day. Get with the times. What, do you use like a TiVo to record your Rokus? No, I have the, uh, what's the fucking dish network? The Hopper. I got yeah. the Hopper. Yeah. No, I have I have. Roku. I got this VCR, and when you record, it skips the commercials. You can fast forward right <laughs> through them. But so, what does this mean for the movie theaters? Well, not great. No. Uh, studios are learning very quickly that people will, in fact, pay a premium for new content directly, which bypasses a lot of the percentages that they're paying out to theater chains and other distribution platforms. So, it's in the studio's interest to keep this gravy train running while not really caring what the theaters do. We don't know them. Yeah. Some studios have partnered with chains like AMC to weather the storm, but it's looking like that might not be enough. Yeah, and a lot of the executives from AMC and Regal are... Uh, specifically when Disney canceled Soul, which was supposed to be their big... Like, hey, we're going like, to go out of business in about, like, <laughs> three months. Hey, luckily, we got, luckily we're going to have all these movies coming out at Christmas time. Right, Disney? Right, uh, Paramount? R right, Universal? <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Now, the real question is whether or not people will remain invested in the various platforms once things are, and I have to keep putting this in quotes, 
back to normal, because what is that anymore? But that's anyone's guess. As the pandemic continues to destroy theater chains' bottom lines, we might actually see permanent closures. A lot of places are closed, albeit temporarily, but that might be permanent. Yeah. And that, if all, of, if a lot of theater chains start actually closing for good, that will, in effect, mean reduced box office pools for films that do release in theaters eventually, and it might result in a continuation towards streaming-only options for a lot more big movies. Mm-hmm. Theaters might just be a place eventually to go see the latest superhero movie. The thing about this, and like this is also true of like music venues and other live entertainment, uh, if they go out of business, it's not like you can use these buildings for anything other than what they were designed for. Yeah. Um, so it's just going to sit there empty until it becomes financially a decent idea for someone else to come and buy it and reinstall the chairs and the projectors and use it as a theater again. Yes. Um, and it's going to take a long time and the result will be some gigantic conglomerate owning everything. It'll go back to how it was in like the 20s and 30s where like Disney will own all the theaters and they play their own movies in yeah. it. And Paramount will own their own theaters and play their own movies in it. I'm surprised. Well, that, there's rules against that. but uh, <laughs> Rules are meant to be broken. Yeah, they, there's been some talk about uh, I believe it was like the Paramount decision or something. It's like a hundred-year-old law. Mm -hmm. Like Disney isn't allowed to own a movie theater that only shows Disney movies. Um, but yeah, there's been some talk about getting rid of that. I I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but, but the problem and the problem with it specifically with music venues is you're going to have all these uh, gutted music venues that were owned independently and companies that can weather the storm like yeah. Ticketmaster and Live Nation Fucking are going to be like iHeart Radio is going to just yoink. But yeah, thank you. That's mine now. By the way, we only serve White Claw now. <laughs> yeah. And Bud Light. Yeah, and uh, line. this whole all of it fucking sucks. The country should have had a better plan. There should be things in place that save independent businesses and even big, dare I say, big businesses when they are directly affected by this. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, you have people abusing the PPP loan system when companies could have actually saved themselves with it. I don't know why the theater owners haven't just groveled to the president's feet and like made him feel nice because he is very easily. Manipulatable. But because the man hates movies. But like the, the the only movie he likes is Home Alone 2. The theater owners they're they're part of the National Association of Theater Owners, literally called NATO. Mm -hmm. So like Mr. President, you have a phone call from NATO. That's why he hates them. <laughs> no, we're getting out of that. We're not gonna do that. So they say they're gonna go out of business. Good, good. They're not paying their fair share. Yeah. We don't know what he means. <laughs> and also, are you talking about the UN? NATO's da it no. doesn't matter. Get, get rid of them. Uh we look. We, we, both of us, and I'm sure a lot of you love seeing movies in theaters. We would be happy to go see them once things are back to normal. We just have no idea when that's going to be. And we're heading into winter. Things could potentially get worse. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are saying this. Mm -hmm. So we hope it doesn't. We're on the third spike right now. Yes. And it's going up. Yeah. In other Disney Plus news, though, they have officially added content warnings to some of their older spicier offerings, yes, <laughs> letting spicier. people know that the content includes stereotypes that obviously don't fly today. Um, still no Song of the South, though. Uh, <laughs> Half the movie would have to be a content. I movie. remember you promising that the entire Disney vault would be available on this. Mr. Service. Disney, please. And there are some glaring omissions. How to Save the Company. Release uh, Song of the release South. Release Song of the South. Uh, it uh. seems like a good enough compromise for a lot of Zola stuff, because typically people who are outspoken about maintaining the art including all the blemishes, should be happy that the films are unaltered. Uh, but they're shown with a little block 
of info that says essentially, oh, hey, by the way, it was a different time. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, in hindsight, this is pretty bad, but uh, we want to show this film as it was intended. Just, just, just know, just know ahead of time that, uh, you know, we've all grown. We should all use this as a learning exercise, but you might see some <laughs> kind of upsetting stuff in here. <laughs> Anyways, the movies affected by this later, latest update include The Aristocats, Peter Pan, and Dumbo. What the fuck? What's in any of those? Uh, Aristocats is a Chinese cat with a symbol for a hat. Uh, Peter Pan. Oh, Peter Pan, it's like Tiger Lily, uh, the Indians. Yeah. And Dumbo is the crows. I've seen an elephant fly. I love those crows. <laughs> we all love the crows. Don't like we? One of the, the lead crow is literally called Jim Crow. It's like, Jesus Christ, guys. Well, there you go. There's your explanation. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have to watch the movies now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and like it, they have a link on the uh, content warning, and if you go to that link, it provides it with further context. It says, stories shape how we see ourselves and everyone around us. So as storytellers, we have the power and responsibility to not only uplift and inspire, but also consciously, purposefully, and relentlessly champion the spectrum of voices and perspectives in our world. We can't change the past, but we can acknowledge it, learn from it, and move forward together to create a tomorrow that today can only dream of. Cool. Yeah. What about Lady and the Tramp? There's some Siamese cats in that that are pretty racist. They're like, we are Siamese, if you please. Just, they're waiting for the outrage. It's a big they yikes. Flip, flip the switch. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. What are they going to do about the, the, the Lion King where it says sex in the grass? Or the Little Mermaid with that giant got a penis. Big, big dildo. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, let's look at some new movie news real quick, starting with some new information regarding the next Mad Max film, which is going to be a prequel centered around the Furiosa character from Fury Road. Uh, Charlize Theron will not be reprising the role. Mm -hmm. uh, she was apparently a little upset with the decision to cast someone younger, but ultimately said, listen, I fully respect George, if not more so in the aftermath of making Fury Road with him. He's a master, and I wish him nothing but the best. Obviously, I would love to see that story continue, and if he feels like he has to go about it this way, then I trust him in that manner. I, mean, I really liked him after his Babe movies, but when I worked on Fury Road, it really solidified him I Just master. today, I was reading this New York Times like oral history of the making of Fury Road from a couple months back, and uh, it was wild. Like, I didn't realize what a pain in the ass that movie was to get made. Of course it was. They were out in the desert using actual practical They, they were literally filming out there for six months straight, though. Insane. In Namibia, in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. And, like, apparently, like, Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron got really into it with George Miller. Like, they were... Everyone was fucking miserable. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah. Hey, it turned into one of the greatest movies yeah, of all time. And, so and Both of them, after the fact, they're like, look, uh, I just want to publicly apologize. We got into a lot of arguments on the set, but... Yeah. You were right. Anyway, this latest Furiosa news gives us the info on the casting of young Furiosa. The role will be played by Anya Taylor-Joy, and she will be joined by Chris Hemsworth and Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. Cool. Uh, no idea when this will come out, especially considering, you know, the thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's exciting to see whatever George Miller does with this universe. It, yeah, I'm excited. He's very old. They should yeah. get to it. They should get started. I would, love to see an like I would love to see an expose on the making of Babe and where people are like, it was miserable. We were on set for 14 hours a day. The damn pigs. The damn <laughs> he treated the pigs better than us. Uh, anyways, hey stoners, put down the bong. We got a new one for you once you're done watching Hubie Halloween for the 50th time. By the way, the newscaster in Hubie Halloween was a real newscaster and got fired for being involved in the movie. What? Seems a bit harsh. Come but, on. Yeah. Anyways, 
Uh, super High is a movie that's being made, and okay. not Super High Me, which is the... If you're a stoner, you've already seen it. It's the yeah. Doug Benson documentary. Mm-hmm. This one is just Super High, and the concept, it's, it's good enough. You smoke weed, a certain type of weed, and you get superpowers. Are you on board yet? I hope so, because that's the only information, really, aside from this. The film will be produced uh, for New Line Cinema, and it's going to be produ- uh, produced by Andy Samberg, Craig Robinson, and Common. Okay. Nice group there. It's, that's all the info, but hey, it's, it's new movie news, and there's kind of a drought right now. So, look, you smoke weed, you get superpowers. Could be great, could be dog shit. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of confidence in Andy Samberg. I've liked pretty much everything Craig Robinson's been involved with. The whole stoner comedy thing, like, does it really have a place in today's yeah, society I, where, like, weed a, is, like, fucking legal in half the country? So, yeah, that's what's... It, look, I love a good stoner comedy. But I was watching literally the NLCS, and there was multiple commercials for CBD cream. Yeah. It is just... We a, did a, part a CBD of our, ad in this video. In this video. <laughs> it is a normal thing in life. It yeah. is, it's very strange. It's like... We're going to do a drinking comedy, which I guess is tr- like Beer Fest would be a yeah. drinking comedy. Uh, I think most drinking comedies are probably problematic these days, but stoner comedies seem fun. I yeah. guess they're they're still doing it. It's fine. Well, there you go. Super high. Yeah, that's uh look, there's not a lot happening right now. We're in we're in a we're in a bit of a lull. There's a pandemic. Uh, right now would be the time where all of the biggest movies of the year uh, well, outside of the summer, would be, would be coming out. The Oscar bait and the uh, holiday movies. And the scary movies. Um, Halloween Kills was supposed to come out yeah. right about now. But we got H- Hubie Halloween on Netflix, ready for you to watch right now. So there you go. Uh, ch- watch Hubie Halloween, I guess. <laughs> In the meantime, check out our most recent episode of Tech News Day, where if you want to see something real creepy, we have a, we have a haunted jetpack user in this we city don't know somewhere. that he's haunted but he is a he he's a bit like a specter yeah peering he floats we don't know if he's real yeah yeah it's a mystery mm-hmm. it's a fun mystery so be sure to watch that episode because it's wild and uh, also watch our episode from earlier in the week we'll be back for uh, some more weird news very soon in the meantime enjoy your weekend yeah uh two more days left of heat in la and they swear it's over this time yeah we'll see i'll believe it when it gets cold yeah. for real bye bye